Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to a special edition of Dov Discusses. Well, it's always a special edition of Dov Discusses, really. Um, it's me, Dov, obviously. And I'm joined by Ogo Silla uh, to talk a little bit about the AC Milan team of uh, the Serie A. Ogo, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Dov. Uh, although, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. But uh, yeah, last time you got me around, uh, I was quite upbeat and very optimistic. Yeah, it was just after the transfer window. Everything was going good. Winning games, it was fantastic. I know it was great. Just bought Bonucci, and yeah, it was you know all on the up and up. And uh, yeah, we'll have a very different conversation tonight. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. So obviously, um, if you didn't listen to the last conversation I had with Logo, which was literally at the start of the season, just before. Like you said, things were all rosy, things were looking good, everything seemed like it was going to be um, uh, the start of a great period in Milan's history, a great season, the, the new era begins, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward a couple of months, um, and Milan haven't won any of their last three games, they've only won, I think, about two or three in their last ten um, they're rubbish, they've sacked Montella, they've got Gattuso in now um, they just got beaten by Rijeka tonight in the Europa League away from home 2-0 they drew with Benevento, the worst team in Serie A since 1995 statistically right, where, right, where were we? There's, there's a lot to unpack here <laughs> let's start, we'll start with the coaches right? because that's probably been the big thing have changed okay. since we spoke to you, right? So, Vincenzo Montella looked like he was going to be the man to steady the ship. The captain is there. He's won trophies and 
quotation marks, looks like this is the kind of guy they're going, an attacking coach, blah, blah, blah. He gets sacked, Gattuso comes in. So look at Montella first. How would you categorise kind of his reign as Milan coach as a whole before we start really digging into him? All right. Uh, I think what uh, what, I need, what needs to be said right now is that uh, I'm going to try very hard not uh, to be hypocritical or to play uh, Mr. Hindsight on this, right? <laughs> the last time you got me in, I was, I was always one who was quite optimistic on Mon- Montella. He struck me as the kind of uh, coach that, you know, Milan should have had with his attacking philosophy. What he had shown in Fiorentina was quite positive. And, you know, I figured, you know, despite the stint at Sampdoria, which I thought was more of like a, 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 an off thing, because, you know, the Sampdoria team was, was quite hard to deal with. Uh, so I was optimistic coming into it. The season came on. Uh, obviously, um, the preseason games looked good. Uh, fundamentally, things looked optimistic in terms of the collective, right? But this team was always going to take a long time to kind of like bed in because so many players were brought into uh, during the the, the the summer transfer window. However, you know, like we're 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 in December today, and uh, before he was sacked, I mean, they still seem to have been showing no progress into the team. Uh, you weren't sure what he was trying to do. Uh, that attacking style that we thought he was going to implement uh, didn't come in. He was just very defensive, just like last year it was. Last year, I think, as Milan fans, uh, they were much more accepting of it because the players are not of such uh, 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 were of worse quality than they are today. I'm not saying Milan have world beaters today, but they certainly have a team that fundamentally on paper should be doing better than the results that uh, that, that we've seen. Well, yeah, exactly. Like with, with the kind of outlay, you would expect that. Um, but they're 11 points worse off um, right now in Serie A than they were at this point last season. So you can kind of pass some of that off, like you say, with all these new players coming in. But, but my, my kind of rebuttal to that is he's had these guys since July. I mean, a lot of the business was done very early on. And I, I would maybe even argue that the, the purchase of Bonucci, with that being probably the highest profile one, like you say, the best one on paper, is the one that's maybe caused the most problems. Because, like you say, he didn't really know what he was doing. Because he seems, because Bonucci, for me, doesn't fit in a back back four. He can't do a back four as well as he does a back three. And I think Montella kept trying to kind of shoehorn this back three in and it didn't work. And then you can't drop Bonucci because he's your captain, your star signing. And then that that kind of maybe leads to problems in other areas. Do you you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that that's very fair. Uh, Like you said, I think the excuses of the players in the gelling, yes, they do need that, but he got his players in very early. And uh, the Bonucci thing does seem to be the the apple that unsettled the cart. And... um, uh, I'm not quite sure that's the expression, but you know what I meant. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, English is not my first language. But anyways, um, yeah, Bonucci, like you said, I think because of his profile, uh, Montella had to fit him into the team. He had to switch to a back three when it might have not necessarily been his first instinct, at least not with the players that he was given first, uh, first off. And, you know, but you know, at the same time, you know, the club had to jump on the Bonucci thing. It was an opportunity type of signing. He yeah. came out very last minute. Uh, and apparently Montella 
is also w- one of the people who facilitated that transfer, at least kind of wrong, um, uh, kind of let, uh, let Milan know that this might be a possibility. So I think, you know, even if that is the case, he does shed some responsibility in Bonucci coming in and then changing his plans. Yeah, I mean, if somebody says hey, you can sign Borucci, there's not many people that would go, actually, I'm all right, I've got my Musaccio, I'll be fine. Um, f- just before we move on, what's the expression in French where you're talking about unsettling the apple cart? Ah, unsettling the apple cart, that's the one. I no, think but, yeah, but what's, in French? <laughs> what's the expression in French so all the people so we can educate the masses? <laughs> you're putting me on the spot now. Uh, it's the, um, the expression in French, uh, I don't know, you're really putting me on the spot now. There's, uh, exactly. there's a number of ways to say it. But, right, go on, uh, do, do okay. one, do one. What, what would be the one that comes to your head? Uh it's the uh, uh, they say well, well actually uh, uh, is the cat uh, uh, amongst the pigeons you know the, right. the throwing the cat amongst the pigeons yeah so, so say it in French say it in French c'est le chat qui vient uh, le chat qui vient embêter les pigeons would be would be uh, would be how you'd say it you, go, so, you don't just yeah. get football in this podcast you get everything <laughs> culture and a lot eventually um, right so right Montel came in and they doing all right got all these players in what happened at the end because i've said bonucci is maybe an issue but we even say like milan have got good enough players they should be beating the likes of torino they should be beating benevento for a start they should be beating genoa they should be beating aak athens um i mean they should be putting up more of a fight against juve against inter against roma against sampdoria where did he go wrong it's it's very difficult to explain, and I think the only explanation is that he tried to do things, and uh, you know it kind of brings us back to the back three. I think he tried to force it so much because of Bonucci, and the fact that it didn't work, and he would persist with it, you know, persisting with Kalinic when Kalinic was struggling, you know, because he's one of the, the the last one to have come in, obviously, you know. I think after a while, the players simply kind of lost faith and you could see it in some of the, the the later performances that those players who seem to have been quite a beat and doing quite well at the start they visibly regressed every single week and i think that was quite baffling and i think you have to bring that to the fact that just whatever montello was saying in the dressing room uh just was not getting through to them anymore i mean i hate the whole thing but you know the coaches lost the dressing room but but that's really what it looked like well, if he was saying the same things he was after every single game, which he was basically, it was like a parrot in every single post-match interview and press conference that I went to. We were unlucky. Uh, we played well. The team's going to improve. Uh, it's just kind of like the same things over and over again. And you're just like, yeah, well, if your team's playing rubbish consistently over months, then there's, it's a lot more than being a bit unlucky and and still improving and getting to know each other better and all the kind of rubbish that he said uh, post-match. Mm-hmm. So. And if I can just jump in before before we move on to Caduso, I think, you know, in a way, because uh, you, you sh- I'm just thinking about it now, the team reflected 
the structure or lack thereof the club at the start of the season you know new investor came in fasone came in the uh, the, uh, the the transfer window was uh, transfer business was done and it gave the semblance of a structure but the whole thing was still rather formless like uh, we no one was sure how strong or how solid the investment uh, <laughs> you know really was you know there were all these rumors that are kind of sounding like now we're, we're going to come quite, on to that later on yeah, so yeah. You can, you can look out for that people <laughs> exactly so and the whole club became lost its form and became formless and the team kind of started reflecting that where it looked like there was a shape of the season and then it just just became shapeless just nothing happened there was nothing to see and uh, yeah i think um it's it is a whole it's a whole mix of things that that has uh, led to this. Mm. Right. Well. So obviously he he's been given the heave hole, and uh, big Reno Gattuso has came in the big giant teddy bear that he is. He was obviously the uh, the Primavera coach just before. Um, I think he had them on third place. I think they were joint second with Inter um, in the Primavera. So he was doing all right with them. However, we both kind of uh, will remember him for. Other jobs he's taken, for example, he's when he was player coach at Sion, didn't really work very well. Palermo is another one where I think he was sacked after I think there's six games. That didn't last Everybody very well. Got sacked. Yeah, well, see, Everybody that's Palermo, so it's two, yeah, exactly. So we can't really get kind of go at him too much for that, but I think he only won two of those six. So right. results were very good. And um, then at Pisa, I did all right in the and like a pro to get them promoted to Serie B, but then due to some financial irregularities, issues with players, I think they weren't getting paid, and he didn't care. He was like, I don't care if you're not getting paid. When you go on the pitch, you give 110%, you fight, you play with balls, and you can imagine the kind of stuff he would say. Um, mm-hmm. But then he kind of left and then went back and that didn't work out. And I think he also went to Greece and the same kind of things happened. Where he, It was more of a, he expected his players to play regardless of, Kind of financial problems off the field, and expect uh-huh. them to, to give, expect them to give hundred percent. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a guy who will literally go out there, and it doesn't matter if he hasn't eaten for three weeks. He will go and literally run until he collapses and kill everybody in the process. He's an angry man. Um, is he the right man? <laughs> is he the right man? I mean, of course he's not. <laughs> Let's be serious. Uh, he's the. Um he's the firefighter solution and uh, he's not just the firefighter solution he's the very very cheap firefighter solution Mm. Uh, obviously Montella goes uh, you're not going to be able to bring in a big name uh, like mid-season for one because no big name is going to want to step into this mess halfway through the season. You mean Carlo Football Ancelotti play. won't want to come uh, back and relive uh, the glory yeah, days? Bring Kakan in January as well. We can go back to yeah, 2007. It'll be great. Carlo Ancelotti <laughs> is far too intelligent to walk into this bees nest. I mean, come on. People who thought he was going to do that or just, just it, it, it just didn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, that, that that's one of the issue. And the second issue is that when you're bringing a big coach like that, you're going to have to pay him. And uh, as you said, you know, we will mention this later, but given uh, the the big money outlay or, or you know, uh, monopoly money outlay that uh, <laughs> that was done uh, for the uh, transfer window, it was going to be complicated to uh, bring in a big coach and pay him. So obviously Gattuso was the, uh, was the easy out. Uh, bring him for six months, see what he does. Hopefully he G's everybody up and uh, you start moving up the table. At least hope for your uh, hope to get Europa League, 
And um, yeah, you don't pay much, and then at the summer you retool and you try to see what you can do. So yeah, that's that, that's the gist of of Gattuso, But obviously, this is not the right solution. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you think it's did you think it's the one though that like they need now? Um, given that we mentioned about Montella, kinda it looked like the players really couldn't be bothered anymore. Okay. And obviously the kind of coach that Gutuzo clearly is, and the kind of man that Gutuzo clearly is, do you think he's like I would say the kick up the backside that the, the team needs? I mean, uh, honestly, I, I would feel far more optimistic if all this team needed was a kick up the backside. I think <laughs> the, the I think the, the problems are far more deep rooted than that. I think uh, tactically, the team needs to be set up. The team needs needs a formation. Uh, the players obviously need confidence, you know, and you, you you will hope that maybe he can do that. But you know, you also have to take into account. I mean, yeah, it's not that long ago that could do so. Stop playing. But he's dealing with a completely new generation of players, and and you know I, I will I will like to remind everybody, you know, especially Milan fans, of Catuso's last words when he left Milan was that he said that even he was struggling to handle the the dressing rooms, that he couldn't handle these new players that just weren't as serious as he was. And you mentioned that before, like he wants people to run through walls even if they don't get paid. So I don't know if his message is going to get through. Uh, any better than Montella's, you know. And obviously, he doesn't have the tactical chops to change the team, you know, on that facet. And an example of somebody of the same ilk as Gattuso is Sidi Mihailovic, and that didn't really work out either. So it's kind of like almost as if you're on like a hide into nothing. You tried that once, didn't really work, right? We'll get a kind of more 
what we thought was a more tactically astute manager, um, a bit more of a calmer character in Montella. That doesn't that doesn't work. So then Milan think, all right, well, well that's not working. We'll get the crazy guy back in again. And I think kind of like what you said before, this will be our appointment to the end of the season, hopefully get in European football if they're allowed, um, and then then go from there and appoint somebody in the summer if that's the case. So we'll see what happens there. But I can agree with you. I think. It's not really, it's certainly not long term uh, thinking um, for the good days. You know what's the what's the astounding thing about this, and I'm sure that you know we'll uh, we'll push more on that button in our next subject. Is that uh, over the last five years, uh, given how bad the last seasons are, this is arguably the worst one. <laughs> this is this is arguably the worst season in the you know in the context of new owners, uh, heavy Loads investments, of money. <laughs> yeah, l- lots of lots more optimism. This is arguably the worst season in the last five years, which is quite an astounding thing to say. Well, I say I was I was even thinking like the other day, like when Guduso came in, and then thinking back to you remember after Milan were beaten by Sassuolo with Allegri mm-hmm. long time mm-hmm. ago, and all the fans were like, "Yeah, Allegri, Allegri's rubbish, Allegri's <laughs> terrible." And you like then fast forward five years with Allegri going to two Champions League finals, winning the Scudetto every single season, and Milan barely breaking into the top six yeah. after he goes. And it's like, and it kind of it just kind of reinforces the point that under Allegri, Milan were crap, but he was kind of pushing them higher than where what they deserve to be. And mm-hmm. since he's gone, they, 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 he he's went up, up and up. He's only kind of one rung away from from the Champions League, and Milan have kind of fallen so far down the pecking order. Sampdoria and Lazio are better. Atalanta are better than Milan right now. Christ, I mean, I mean, let's be clear, Dove. It's not that we've fallen, you know, a, a down or off the pecking order. It's that we're not even part of the pecking well, order. Well, this, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> so you're not even discounted. You're not even counted in anything. And it's just, it's kind of going back. Like, here's one. Then I'll throw this out to all the listeners as well. The Milan fans that are listening to this and you, with hindsight. Well, I think you know your. I know your answer to this. With hindsight, would you still sack Allegri? Uh, me personally, yeah, because I think that there were definitely some issues Ooh. where things didn't work anymore, and the way the club was working, uh, he was always going to struggle to get success. Um, you know, so yeah, in hindsight, I still would have sacked him because you know I don't think things last forever, anyways. Oh, so uh, would I have sacked him and made and made him the scapegoat? Not necessarily, but I think I still would have sacked him. There you go. Let us know what you think on Twitter and Facebook and all that. Leave comments and stuff. And would you have still sacked them and kind of went down this path, right? Now let's talk about the players. Then we've kind of went on about the coach and the coaches and stuff like that. So what about the player performance? Now I'm going to start off with the one that <laughs> basically has been pilloried since he joined Milan, Nikola Kalinic, because <laughs> I, I was at, I was at the the game against Torino where he got booed off and it was just like the 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 kind of the vitriol directed in his uh, his direction was um, well it was not not for a family show like this we'll put it that way um, and then he's you know, he scored against Benevento well done clap clap but he's a thirty million euro striker apparently and he's just not very good. Uh, okay, Dove. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my cards on the table here. Are you gonna say you like him? Don't say you like him. This is a very uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable subject for me because I was convinced 
Kalinic would have been fine and scoring goals for Milan. I honestly was. Uh, it was it was almost abnormal how sure of it I was. And uh, <laughs> I must admit today that uh, I was terribly wrong about it. Uh, it has to do possibly maybe, you know, a bit with the system. You know, the, the team plays quite deep and uh, Kalinic is not really the type of striker who is good in those sort of setups where you're going to ask him to, to play on a counter-attack, you need to play much higher, feed him the ball consistently. Uh, however, that aside, he has been... Uh, he's not been his clinical self. Um, Kalnish has always been quite a good striker in front of goal, but he has been abject for, for Milan. Uh, I can't quite put my finger on why that is. It can't just be a lack of confidence. It can't just be because he was the last one to arrive at the team. Uh, I don't think those are valid excuses as far as I'm concerned. Possibly so, still uh, carrying an injury that he's not fully recovered from, maybe. That That's a possibility as well, getting older. But yeah, I, I don't know. He he makes some strange choices around the box. He made some. Uh, he tries to shoot from strange angles. He should have had uh, a bloody hat-trick against Torino. God knows how he did the score against uh, them. <laughs> that was yeah. that was kind of was your wonder. You're like, really? Like, you, it, no, it, you can't manage not to score here. Yeah, that that game against Torino was absolutely baffling. So yeah, uh, Kalnic is a bit of an enigma for me at this point. Um, but obviously, he's not the man. To, uh, uh, he's not the man of the situation. And on merit, the likes of Kurtene and uh, Andre Silva, for what at least he's done in the Europa League, should have been getting more minutes than him. Well, hold on a minute here. You're talking about Andre Silva, and everybody's been clamoring for him to get in Serie A. He's not scored in Serie A yet. The Benevento goalkeeper scored more goals than Andre Silva in Serie A. <laughs> Your point stands. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think under merit of what he's done in the Europa League, uh, he should he, he should be playing. I think under uh, Silva. Hold on, is... Come on, Ogo. You could score against bloody Rijeka and Austria Vienna. And wow, you don't know that. You, you, never, you never seen me on a football pitch. <laughs> I, I have full confidence, in the, even though I haven't seen you. Know, I have full confidence that against Austria Vienna, you would be running riot. You would be Senegal. You'd be going to the World Cup with Senegal. <laughs> if, if the scouts had seen you against Austria Vienna so I think we should maybe kind of calm down a wee bit on Andre Silva scoring hat-tricks against rubbish teams I mean look uh, is he a world beater personally uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to advance myself and say that he is alright but I think he is a good player poss- probably a very good player uh, however I think he's not the kind of striker who should be playing uh, alone up top I think he's very much like a nine and a half um, a, a second striker who needs a partner up front with him I think Couture, that's how man. he's going to be effective yeah this is exactly what I'm saying so get, the vo- get the voice and on there you go I, problem I, I solved would love- Mr. Yeah, Ogo, sorry. <laughs> I would love for them to get both on and get some minutes because I think that's a partnership that could work. You know, as long as Kalnic is, you know, stays on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, is right. Well, let's let's move a wee bit further back. Um, another big disappointment, or a player who is expected to be fantastic and he's going to sort out the Milan midfield is uh, Lucas Bilia. He's been rubbish as well. He's been. This is how rubbish I think he's been. He's been so rubbish that Montella coming into that midfield makes Milan better. <laughs> Not Montella, Montolivo. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Montolivo. Like, um, like really, like everybody was like, "Get Montolivo out of this club. He's rubbish. Like he doesn't should be the captain." Blah blah blah. The last like two or three games, he's come in in place of Bilia. He's been much better, in my opinion. Yeah, how how uh, is that so? Bilia has. 
played um, like uh, uh, he has been sleepwalking through games. I don't I don't quite understand. I I mean it looks like he's you know just like he sleptwalk through his uh, th- w- w- when coming into Milan with his whole Forza Lazio thing, you know. <laughs> so um, with Bilia, it has to be. I mean he's he's a player. Personally, uh, it took me a while to to get around to to liking him as a player. I thought he was very much just like you know very kind of sideways pass type type of central midfielder. But he's improved, you know, since going to Lazio. He got into the Argentina team and he got much better. And also, I thought that he would have solved the the, the midfield uh, issues as well for Milan. Uh, however, his form has gone completely out the window since coming to the club. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries in the latter stages of his time at Lazio. Uh, I have to. I I I just. I, I have to assume that age has finally caught up to uh, age and injuries have finally caught up to Bilia because he looks a shadow of uh, the player that he used to be. Sure, he was no great player, but he is much much better than what he's been showing. All right, and then Frank Cassier, another one. Like he runs around. No. Frank Kessier is great. I think Frank Kessier does exactly what he's supposed to do. I think he's... Run around he's and just... Of, that's that. He well, runs around. I, I don't see anything from this that justifies the outlay and the hype that he was getting. Um, when, he come here, when he came to Milan, I was just a bit... I mean, there was possibly a bit too much hype on him, but I think he solves an important issue in midfield is that that Milan used to have is that there was no legs, there was no, there was a lack of power, a lack of a player to to shuttle up and down and drive the ball forward, you know, just in straight runs. And I think Kessie solves that issue. And you know, as far as the um, the, uh, the 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 transfer dealings that 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 uh, that been done, he's one of the success stories. But of course, you know, that's a uh, success story is a very relative term when you talk about this club. <laughs> And then, kind of looking at the defense, then uh, we kind of touched on Bonucci. Um, what about the likes of Musacchio, Rodriguez, or Conte? We can maybe discount a little bit because he's been injured. But what about kind of those guys? Are you been as disappointed in them as we have under the, the, the aforementioned Bilia and Kalinic? Uh, no, not at all. I think uh, Rodriguez. Uh... This one, uh, I, I thought that you know that, that that was a very good pickup. I was sure that was going to work out, and I think I think he's done very well. Uh, I don't think there are many complaints uh, from Milan fans about uh, about uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Um, uh, Musaccio, I think Musaccio has been good as well. Honestly, um, I think he's he's again one been one of the better signings. So yeah, as far as the defense is concerned, ironically, the most disappointing one has been Bonucci. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which nobody, which we spoke about before. Um, what right? Let's let's are we positive on players then, right? Because I think probably the uh, I would argue that he's been Milan's best player this season, Fabio Borini, a loan signing from Sunderland, who's a striker that's been playing as a right wing back. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think uh, he actually might be one of the players that Gattuso will uh, will will appreciate quite a lot. He was uh, signing that I remember when when he got signed, drew a lot of ire from a lot of anger from fans, being like, "Oh, you know, why are we buying Borini? When we buy a bottle, those superstars." Okay, well, one we need buy that many superstars. We bought some good players, but you know that's about it. Uh, and I didn't quite understand the whole. Turning our noses up to to to, uh, to Fabio Borini. I mean, God knows over the recent years, you know, we've bought some absolute 
terrible players. I mean, you know, Adele Tarabt, uh, Jeremy Menez, uh, um, Bain Young, and uh, who's that, 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 that central midfielder that we got from some Sullivan random... No, 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 another one. Uh, oh, Bakay Traore. Oh, oh Traore, yeah, yeah, I remember Jesus. him. He was a superstar in the making. <laughs> exactly, right? So I, don't, I didn't quite understand the anger that Fabio Borini uh, drew. And, uh, you know, he's proving to be much more than the squad player I thought he was going to be. And uh, he's been performing quite well. So honestly, uh, good on him and uh, absolutely no complaints about Fabio Borini. Yeah, I was speaking to our colleague Suhail um, and he obviously has seen Fabio Barini a lot at Roma. And he said, Barini's great if you just keep him away from the box. Because he'll run around and he'll put all the effort. He'll do what Gattuso wants. But when you get him in the box and expect him to score goals, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I have to say I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so keep your striker away from the box. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> you pretty much use him like uh, like how Dirk Kout was at Liverpool, you know? <laughs> yeah, just everywhere. Just, just run about and just make, make other people score and you'll be all right. Yeah. What, about, um, like, what about other positives then? I mean, have you had any kind of positives or seen any kind of sparks of life from some of the other players? Uh, that's uh, that's a bit difficult to say. I got to say, uh, it looks like uh, Donnarumma has uh, has uh, stepped up, you know, to his uh, new big contract and uh, the whole saga, the like, uh, uh, you know, uh, circle around him over the summer. So it looks like he's buckling down and uh, getting the job done. Until you the know, summer. I don't have. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm sure something we'll touch on a bit later. Uh, but yeah, um, positives have been uh, few and far in between. Honestly, there's 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 not much to to really be too happy about with this Milan team you can't think of anything nothing no I'll, I'll, I'll be honest no <laughs> there we go Milan fans if you can think of a positive to help Ogo and myself out then fire it in uh, on, on the social medias in the comments and stuff like that <laughs> we can talk about it um, right okay then so well actually I, I want to come back on what, what I just want to mention one thing which I said I was going to mention but I forgot Zvonimir Boban was pilloried uh, in the summer after saying that yeah, all these players Milan have bought, none of them are very special. They're all right. And he didn't expect much from Milan this season. The man has been proven right. Always listen to Boban. That, that is what we should take out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> if I could comment real quick on that. Um, I was honestly, I didn't quite understand why he, he got so much flack about it. I, I, I was not, I was in a bit of, disagreement with his, the second part of that phrase because you know i was uh, i was a bit more optimistic about it and he's definitely right on, he's been proven right on that but as far as the first half of that statement i think he was he was spot on we, we didn't buy any world beaters we got some good players but you know there, there's no there's no classy in there you know as uh, as you would say in italian so yeah i was i was a bit surprised about the response from that like do, do, uh, do you think he was given flack because like maybe fans get a bit excited when a team spends 200 odd million euros and when they have an outlay of that amount, they expect something, like some kind of quality in return and the fans kind of get a bit excited and a bit kind of caught up in the moment, which I think a lot of people were. And then uh-huh. when you've got a guy who comes in and just basically tells everybody, like, calm down. Like, this isn't anything special, just relax. And then everybody goes, what are you tell us to relax? Well, this is great. This is the, the, the rebirth of Milan and then obviously it doesn't work and he can just sit there sipping his whiskey or his wine or his cup of tea going, eh, told you. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. You know, people did really appreciate uh, him uh, turning on the sprinklers on the whole uh, joy and excitement. Poor guy. Forever the pessimist. Right, so, spoke about the coach, spoke about the players, and then you were kind of touched on the kind of situation surrounding the club in general, the off-field issues. Um, obviously, they were uh, bought by the, the Chinese businessman whose name completely has escaped me at the minute. Uh, he's, he came in, well, took over the debt, invested some money. But then there's been question marks over whether he actually even has any money himself. Uh, but this was all kind of done with a, an American investment group, things like Elliott Investments or something like that. What on earth is going on? Because you've got that in the background. You've then got... Um, UEFA investigating Milan over their finances and no decisions being made yet, but it looks like Milan could be not allowed into European competition, given this, uh, UEFA, I think they're, they're having a meeting tomorrow, or tomorrow being Friday, um, looking at Milan's finances, then any decisions that are made will be made in spring. So Milan have essentially got to present a kind of financial plan to UEFA to say this is how we're going to pay everything um, and this is how we're going to do it and so we're going to be in financial fair play, blah, 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 and it's going to be fine not to worry about. The reports and kind of leaks that have came out have basically suggested that UEFA have told the land to bugger off and it's like, nah, this is a load of rubbish. This isn't going to work, so sorry. Out of Europe, fine, maybe as well. Um, then there's also the speculation that with the... The, the, the Chinese money coming in didn't, it doesn't actually exist. There's maybe another investor coming in. I think there's possible Arab investment, maybe a, a, an American investor as well coming in there. Um, and then uh, my take on it, when it was all kind of, um, with all the spending in the summer, that, that a lot of it was leveraged on Champions League qualification. Basically, if Milan didn't get into the Champions League, it's totally screwed. Um, the whole financial model and they're not going to get into the Champions League unless some crazy miracle happens on their part and a collapse happens uh, on the part of the other six teams, seven teams above them. So, um, what, <laughs> did could you? Does that does that make sense to you? Does, did, did that kind of? Uh, could you put it yeah. in simpler terms? What the hell is going on? No, no, that's that's the thing. You know, that's always the difficulty when you're talking about the FFP is that uh, it's it's very hard because you don't actually know what's going out going around with these uh, meetings of UEFA. You don't see the books of the club and all that. However, I think you know you pretty much have it nailed down. Uh, at the start of the season, I, I was worried, you know, because you you see all that cash being splashed. Uh, you wonder, you know, where where is it coming from? I had many friends who told me, no, don't worry about it. You know, the the guy has a plan, and uh, the plan is exactly uh, apparently seemed to be exactly how you outlined it. Is that it was the plan was built on qualifying for the Champions League. Which, at the start of the season, when you thought about it, right, you're like, you can't beat Juventus. You probably can't beat Napoli, despite all the players that you bought, right? However, there will be four spots. So you have two other spots to, to, to put in there. Well, at that, at that time, Inter was just as much of a mess as you. You, you, you. Never in your dreams did you think that Spalletti would have made such a difference that they're sitting atop a City out today. 
Roma had its own financial fair play issues. You know, it was downsizing, selling some players. So you thought, you know, there's a chance to get to, to, to get above them because they're selling their best players and we're buying some new ones. You know, even if they're not great players, they were good players regardless. And then uh, you had Lazio. Lazio, who had a very good season last season, but you're like, well, yeah, you know, this is a one-off. They're not going to do this again. It turns out they are doing it again, <laughs> you know. So at the start of the season, the gamble seemed worth taking. And I'm not going to turn around today and say I was not in agreement with that. However, what I want from Fasone today is that now that the gamble has not paid off, because let's be honest, there's no way. There isn't a snowball's chance uh, in the in, in, in there's not a snowball's chance that Milan will will make fourth place unless a bubonic plague hits all the other teams. You know, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, so at this point, I'm looking at Fasoni to clean things up, and uh, whatever he's going to present to UEFA, I. Personally, I'm of the opinion that I, I can't imagine what they could possibly present that UEFA would accept at this point uh, because there won't be this Champions League money coming in. So will it go to as far as uh, a ban from European competition? Uh, I don't think so. You I think, know, I think that would be quite a... Drastic, a, yeah. Yeah, be drastic for a, a, a team of kind of Milan's history in Europe especially. For this well, UEFA I, just to go, yeah, no, no thanks. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be because of the pedigree yeah, of the club. Yeah, yeah, it's just, that, it's, it's kind of yeah, it's just one of the aspects, I would say. Right, absolutely. But you know, the, the whole like European ban is is kind of like UEFA's like nuclear button, so they don't mm. necessarily go for it all the time. But there will be sanctions, financial ones. Uh, Milan will probably be forced to sell a big player or many players to raise money, and I think that will be one of the things that will be presented to UEFA pretty soon. They'll say, well, you know, we will raise X amount of money. Uh, to avoid mm. sanctions, uh, then UEFA will say yes or no to that. Mm. But that's an issue in itself because once people know that you need money, they're not going to pay market value for your players. And you've just, you, you know, you've just had a season where you're going to finish outside of European. Uh, spots most likely for the season uh europa league yeah you'll get out the groups but let's be honest milan's gonna get thumped by the first half decent uh, team that they meet in there so you're not valuing your player you're not making them uh worth more money because you're not doing anything so anyone who's gonna come in you know you're gonna have to have a fire sale and no one is gonna give you market value for your players and that's the problem that Milan are in right now. And uh, I am not looking forward to next summer because I think it could be a very, very big problem. It was going to be almost the opposite of what, what just happened this summer. Instead of Milan buying everybody, they're going to be selling everybody. I've heard, exactly. I've heard talk about a potential fire sale as well with Burucci, um being one. I've almost 95, 99, I, I, expect it, I expect Donnarumma to have another transfer saga. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. If, if uh, Real Madrid, maybe I don't have a keeper. They, they, hey, hey, hey. There. they could pay the money for them for any team or even PSG yeah I think PSG could Juve. be in need of yeah, <laughs> yeah. you feel need a keeper <laughs> yeah, exactly and, and to be perfectly honest at that like next summer if it comes to Milan having to sell a player and set players Donnarumma it cannot be a, uh, it cannot be a, um, a whatchamacallit um a, uh, another big transfer saga. He's got a 50 million pound clause. As soon as somebody puts the money up, just set, just sell him. Just pack his bags and just tell him, you know, thank you very much, and I'll go. Yeah, but the best thing, after what you just said about kind of 
they need to sell somebody. Like, well, we're not paying the clause. We'll give you 30. <laughs> well, with Donald Ruma, you don't really quite have a choice because yeah. he has to just re-sign new contracts. So in this case, it's it's a bit more complicated, you yeah. know. This is true. But uh, so I, I have uh, a sneaky suspicion that this summer is going to be troublesome. And then yeah. where does the club go from there? Because then that's the thing. It's like then, then it's like, right, okay, we're going to sell a big player. We're not in the Champions League, probably most likely in the Europa League again. Are players going to be like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm going to Roma, I'm going to Juve, I'm going to Napoli, I'm going, I'm going to Inter. That is the problem, you know, with this whole thing, is that it seemed like the club was taking a step back, uh, it was taking a step forward, and it looks like as soon as the next summer comes, we'll be taking two steps back again. And, you know, that's kind of like the big frustration with the uh, with this club over the past over the five, five years. Either it's a standstill or it's a step in the opposite direction. And uh, yeah, you're right. You know, some players might be reevaluating the position and thinking maybe this project wasn't as serious as uh, as you know as people presented it to be. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, as I said, when it comes to uh, FFB, I don't like to make many predictions because I think it's dangerous because we don't know what's going on behind those walls. But uh, from the sounds of it, from the rumors coming out, it doesn't look like it's going to be very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't heard any positive. Yeah, I'll be fine. Milan will be all right. Don't worry about it. It's all been. Yeah, this is going to be uh, problematic for the Rossoneri. That that that's basically every single kind of source of rumor that I've uh, had speak to me say. So there you go. Um, one last thing. I take it you're not excited about the potential of Kaká coming in in January. <laughs> what would he come in as, though? As a coach, you mean? Yeah, a player. Play for six months, then go in, into the director's box at the end of the season. Bring oh, back the glory play. days. Oh, good Lord. I mean, just, just let him retire, for Christ's sake. That was the one. <laughs> this is what the, when he was there uh, the last week the other weekend. That was what was being bandied around. Is that he could maybe come in for six months. Oh, and no, then, just leave him alone. You, 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 he already put his he already put his legacy at risk the last time he came. Third time lucky, or go third time lucky. Third time lucky. Yeah, I don't quite believe that. Yeah. But uh, no, no, I think um, I have to say it's the first I hear of these rumors, and uh, I don't think that'd be a good idea. Anyways, <laughs> would he be? Would, would he actually? You know, because. You know what would be worse? That if he came and actually did well. I mean, how much of an indictment <laughs> would that be on the squad? <laughs> Can you imagine Kaká rolling up and uh, and turning out being the best player on the team? Oh, man. Fasoni would be sacked. Mirabelli would be out the door. It's like, seriously? Like, we'll have to get, like, I don't even know how old he is now. He must be, like, at least 36 or something like that. Uh, a 36-year-old rocking up who's essentially been retired for the last couple of years is, yeah, I can still do it. Don't worry, guys. I'm here to save the day. Super caca. The me- think of the merchandise, Ogo. It's all about the merchandise. It's all about the merchandise, yeah. <laughs> you go, right. That's that's pretty much us done. I've done a wee bit on Milan. Um, as if, I, I don't like to end on such a negative note. It's been quite a kind of morning <laughs> podcast. Is, is there anything kind of you're looking forward to for the next kind of... Obviously, Christmas is coming up. That, that's, that's happy. <laughs> uh, I want a new club. <laughs> um, well, there's room for yeah, the old uh, flying donkey stable, Ogo. If you ever want to rock up, you get your wee uh, panettone there. You could become a, a disciple of Sergio Polizier. 
<laughs> this sounds such a cliche now. I'll take a pass. Thank you very much. <laughs> Terrible. So is that, that is the worst mistake you've ever made. Um, there we go. But is there anything? Is there any positives? Anything you can think? Oh, actually, you know what? I'm really looking forward to. Oh, what a good Europa League run. That'll that'll be all right. Well, no. you know, compared to how you win. The positive thing, right, is that out of this whole mess is that, you know, we have gotten to see some, you know, some young players from the actual academy coming up. You know, obviously we had this whole Donnarumma thing, you know, he's been doing quite well. Crotone is impressing everyone, you know, he's kind of like the, everybody's favorite new new player from the team. Locatelli looks, you know, he's to be... Uh, I wouldn't say he's improving, but you know he's do- he's doing well enough. So I say, as Milan fans, at least you have these young players from your academy system that are in the team playing and doing all right. So you know that's not terrible. That that I I would say is the uh, small positive note uh, from this whole mess. Well, there you go. We managed to find one, so that, that, that that's <laughs> where we'll end it very quickly. Uh, I'll go tell the people where they can find you on the social media, where they can find your lovely Twitter rants and things like that. <laughs> I've not been ranting on Twitter so so often. You just the whole Milan has just been so depressing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, everybody can uh, find me on Twitter on the uh, Ogo uh, Silla, uh, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Ogo underscore Silla. Oh, there you go. Actually. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. So it, it does rant. I've seen it. So don't worry. Go and follow him there. Um, we can obviously follow uh, Forza Time Football at Syria FFC, and um, you can follow me if you want at Doskiavone. But that's that was very much. Uh, uh, not advised so don't do that um, mm. yeah obviously go on to the website and check out some wonderful things on there it's great and uh, I shall be back next week with a Juventus podcast with our, our, our familiar face as well so look out for that uh, Ogo thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, here's hoping that things get a bit more positive for you by the time we <laughs> speak next Hopefully, hopefully, yes. Then definitely, it's uh, it's great to be back, great to talk to you, and uh, definitely uh, on your side. If I can actually have a little uh, um, have a little say about uh, an article I saw from uh, Vito Doria. Oh, go for about, it! Yeah, uh, Vito Doria, I think wrote a very insightful piece about Verati, and I hundred percent share his views about it. That I know that a lot of Syria fans don't necessarily watch Verati all the time, but. What Vito said about Verratti is absolutely on the money and correct. Verratti is a very good player, but he's not the heir apparent of that Italy midfield yet, and he has a lot of growing to do to come up big in those big matches. Okay, I don't want to talk about Italy, because then, 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 <laughs> then it will just be oh, like, <laughs> complaints. So nobody needs that. <laughs> but go and, read, go and read Vito's piece. I know like you'll find it on. Uh, Forza Time Football, probably under the, I think it's the Azuri section of features or whatever. But go and find it, you can read it there. So there you go. Um, right, that's us. There's nothing else left for me to say other than I'll leave it up to you. Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores. You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who juice got box, who mostly goes down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on a blimp. Guarantee me yourself, pull a level up. You don't believe in Harlem world? Double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Didn't know me 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem with the Goldie sound. Can't no kid deep. Hold me down, cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like booty. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. When you yell, there go mace, there go your cutie.
die and see me fly. I call all the shots, rip all the spots, rock all the rocks, cop all the drops. I know you take them down when all the ball is stopped. Never home, gotta call me on the yacht. Ten years from now, we'll still be on top. Yo, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Now, what you gonna do with a school that got money much longer than yours? And a team much stronger than yours. Violate me, this'll be your day. We don't play, mess around, be DOA, be on your way. Cause it ain't enough time here. Ain't enough lime here for you to shine here. Deal with many women, but treat down spit. And I'm bigger than the city lights down in Times Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No info for the DEA. Federal agents mad cause I'm flagrant. Tap myself and the phone in the basement. My team supreme, stay clean. Triple beam, miracle dream. I'll be that. Catch a seat at all events bent. Send holsters, girls on shoulders. Play for it. I told ya. Me and Mike to me. Bruise too much. I lose too much. Step on stage, the girls boo too much. I guess it's cause you run with lame dudes too much. Me lose my touch. Never that. If I did, ain't no problem to get the where the true players at. Throw your rollies in the sky, waving side to side and keep your hands high while I give your girl an eye. Play it please, lyrically, see, B.I.G. B. Flossin', jig on the cover of Fortune, five double low. It's my phone number, your man ain't got the know. I got the dough, got the flow down, Fizzat, platinum plus, like Fizzat, dangerous on Trizac, leave your Fizzat. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.